0: This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from the podcast that's bigger on the inside, it's Doctor Who, Podshock. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Parchock, episode 324. This is Lewis Trapani, and joining me on this podcast, returning from across the Great Pond, is Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave.
1: Hi, guys, and uh, I hope you're going to thank me, because uh, I think I improved your ratings last week. Well, no, you, you, no.
0: No, I imagine so,
1: yeah. So, guys did a great
0: job. Uh, Well done. Well, thank you. It's uh, good to have you back on board. It's uh, always a delight. So uh, joining Dave is uh, returning once again is Lee Shackelford from uh, from this side of the pond. Hello, Lee. That's
2: right. Hi. Hi, guys.
0: Welcome back.
2: Glad to be back.
0: So uh, Lee is fresh back from uh, reviewing the Sea Devils from episode 322, which uh, he was joined with none other than Kyle Jones. Welcome back, Kyle.
3: Welcome back and welcome back,
0: Dave. Thank you, guys. See, we're fitting more people in the podcast. That's why this is the podcast that's bigger on the inside.
1: Yeah, there's a few portions of the console we need to fill out yet, but we're we're getting almost full control now.
3: But you but you guys keep changing the desktop theme, and I'm just not sure I like it.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I don't know why you struck me in this part of the console where I've got all yucky stuff all over my hands.
3: I'm about to think that I do need some round things. You know, you know, I used to have a, we used to have a lot of round things I on I
2: love the, the round things.
3: Yeah. I wonder where I put them. Oh.
0: Anyway, <laughs> Fine. Yep. can never you can never have enough round things. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. The has heard we that. We got,
2: too, we got too many people in
3: here.
0: All right. Well, um, I'm hoping that everyone's uh, refreshed and good, and we're good to go. I, I'm here, we're having a little interlude of balmy weather. We're um, in the 20s and low 30s today, so I'm having a, a, a great day. Though tomorrow, we're back to the single digits and uh, teens, you know, uh, the next couple days. But, you know, I don't know who said it. On Someone, someone had, uh, while I was complaining about the weather, someone reminded me, either on Twitter or Facebook, said that, you know, the way I see it is that we're just one day closer to spring. Good thought. Yes. So I'm looking forward to spring. It's like uh, 30 days away as we record this, give or take a day. No, 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 no you're wrong there.
1: In the TARDIS, it's always breakfast tomorrow.
0: Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that spring was yesterday, as far as we're concerned. Sure. All right. Well, we'll head over to, um, to the news. Well this is kind of sort of just breaking a friend of the show Paul Cornell who's who's been on um in the past and has always been a friend of the show is doing uh he's if you're if you're not familiar with Paul Cornell he's a writer he's written for the series itself but he's also wrote the dis, him along with others had wrote written the discon, discontinue the dis- discontinuity guide. Discont- discontinuity guide. Thank you. <laughs> Don't ask me to say that ten times fast. I can't even say it one times fast. <laughs> uh, among other things, uh, and he's like I said, he's uh, he's written for the, the the series proper itself, but he's now he's uh, he's joining um, Titan Comics and in that Doctor Who line, doing a series of of um, adventures featuring the 10th Doctor, the 11th Doctor, and wait for it, wait for it, and the 12th Doctor, a multi-Doctor story. They're teaming up yeah, exactly. um, in this uh, this adventure that he's, uh, he's writing. Uh, and it should be... Um, it's a five-part storyline, yeah. Thank you. It's a five-part storyline. And, and
3: if I'm not mistaken, I think the first episode or the first issue of... That crossover will be part of Free Comic Book Day this year.
0: Well, Well, um, it says um, there's an article that um, in um, Hollywood Reporter, which which reports that the special crossover event launches August 12th. Uh, Oh, this later, just ahead of it, yeah. But it's but it's this year's Doctor Who Comics Day on August 15th, Um, just ahead it says just ahead of this year's Doctor Who, uh, uh, evidently Doctor Who has its own Comics Day so it's on August 12th, just ahead of uh, this year's Doctor Who Comics Day on August 15th and that is Saturday, the uh, 15th I'll take your word on it (laughs) Dave is from the future, so he's already been there (laughs) <laughs> yeah how was it
1: <laughs> Warm
2: <laughs> for folks uh, who if you're having trouble placing Paul Cornell in the, as a writer for the new series, he wrote father's day um and one, i my two favorite hours of the uh of uh, the new series, I think human nature and the family of
0: blood mm-hmm. um, excellent stuff yeah. So, as mentioned in our last episode, 323, um, Hetty McDonald is now directing. Uh, is returning to the director's chair in um, in the upcoming series. They started block two of shooting, and um, and and speaking of favorite episodes, uh, she had directed one of many people, many fans' favorite episode, Blink. So it's exciting to have her back, and it's good to have. Because there, ha- there hasn't been that many female directors on, um, on the show. No,
2: the, the show has taken some criticism, uh, at least online, for the dearth of women writing and uh, or directing. So yeah. that's one reason I'm happy to see her back again. Yeah, sure. So Do we know anything about which episode she's directing? or?
0: No, I don't.
2: I know that there's a there's a picture circulating of a of a slate that shows that she's the director but that it doesn't have a title on it Yeah
0: yeah that's uh, so. Yeah that, that BBC had posted that, that 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 um with with the news the last time as well yeah
1: All we know or all we hope is that the doctor and companion without naval gazing are out on adventures Nothing more, nothing less. Free of all this uh, belly button watching that we've had for the whole of the last series. Here ends the lesson. Ah,
0: it could happen. Now, I don't know if this has been confirmed or not, but it appears that that the first story will be a unit story with um, Gemma Redgrave reprising her role as Kate Stewart good so we'll it's
1: almost difficult this whether whether you, know, you actually make, even if we know things whether we mention them or not uh, and the reason listener is because um, some people will be grateful for these little tidbits and others are sort of putting the, the fingers in their ear and going No 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 na na, 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 na. <laughs> uh, they don't want to hear yeah, that's true yeah
0: yeah well we we'll try to only report on um, you know and, and I mean unless it is a rumor we'll 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 tag it as such, but we'll we try and we'll, we'll try not to get into anything that's really spoilery, you know, if. But if it's just a um, a character that's sort of um, on again and off again on the series, sort of like her, I, I don't think it's too spoilery, you know, unless, you know, you know, she did die in the last episode, but she did come back. And that's so it's not like. You know, uh, she, you know, we're saying that she's going to somehow come back from the death from from, you know, because she already did. She fell off an airplane. <laughs> OK, um, in other news, um, Dave, did you enter? Did do you want to talk about this? In Manchester isn't this year old stomping grounds?
1: Yeah, well, I I thought since I'm uh, here across the pond, we ought to have a little piece of news from this side. It's um, it's it's also on the Doctor Who News dot net site. It's um, Study Doctor Who. I mean, uh, in America, you've had uh, people going to university learning about Elvis Presley or something like that and uh, getting a degree on it. But this is actually uh, it's more of a an evening, a short course. Uh, This Easter, the College in Manchester, in actual fact, it's Equinus College. in Stockport Uh, I think it's named after the famous man Thomas Aquinas uh, from prehistory almost Uh, but this is a course that will look at the creation of Doctor Who uh, who's The course will look at the creation of Doctor Who by BBC's head of drama, Sydney Newman, and producer Verity Lambert in the early months of 1963. The course will then follow the history over the following decades, including the 12 doctors from William Hartnell to Peter Capaldi uh, and so on. The course will examine uh, why Doctor Who was taken off air in uh, 1989 and how it featured a return in 2005 to critical acclaim. Course will be led by historian Michael Herbert, who watched his first episode aged eight. Well, I was 17, so that makes me all right. Oh, foggy. Anyway, uh, his pamphlet, Doctor Who and the Communist, the television career of Malcolm Hawke was published by Five Leaves Press in January 2015, so just recently. Herbert said, I'm delighted to be presenting this course, Aquinas College. I'm hoping that viewers become fans of the programme, that have become fans of the programme since 2005, will come along. And if you go to Thomas Aquinas College, it, uh, it has it under the adult education banner. For eleven weeks, Tuesday evenings, six thirty to eight thirty, and I'm feeling guilty now because it's 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 within ten miles of where I live, I suppose.
0: Hmm. But once again, uh, Doctor Who is educating, uh, because that was uh, its main when it was first um, created. That was part of its um, I think its its charter was to be somewhat educational, going back in time. Doing historical dramas, and then, um, and then exploring science as far as doing future stuff, and um, so. But th- this is this is a course that's taking a look at the creation of the series, so lots of um, history there as well as far as um, you know experimental stuff from from the theme music to uh, well the whole concept of having the the the, the lead actor change. You know, and it's renewing itself all the time. Uh, a lot can be, you know, can be learned from from the series over fifty. You know, well, it has a fifty year history.
1: Yeah, this is not a free course, but it's um, it's one of these sort of uh, out in the community courses. So it will be a subsidised course, I would have thought. But um, uh, www. Aquinas.ac for uh, academic.uk. So it's www. Aquinas. .ac.uk. I'll go straight to the uh, Doctor Who News.net page and follow the link. Now, our friend
2: James Naughton is teaching at the University of York, right? So he needs to he needs to add a Doctor Who course there as well.
1: <laughs> and this could also get the uh, the guy from uh, the Mind You Doctor Who podcast. He'd be pretty brilliant at that sort of stuff, anyway. Sure.
3: Yeah, we could awesome. keep going, and before long, we would have a complete curriculum. I, I can see it now. Uh, bat, instead of Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Time.
0: <laughs>
2: uh. <laughs> that's certainly something you'd want to have a doctorate
3: in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> Good
0: one. Yeah. Or a doctorate in Doctor Who.
2: <laughs> but we offer courses here on uh, uh, studying uh, Harry Potter as literature, and, uh, I mean, obviously the books, but uh, the whole... Uh, uh, the whole uh, phenomenon of uh, Harry Potter's literature. And uh, I've taught a class on uh, w- uh, all the different variations of uh, War of the Worlds. So, um, yeah, why? Well,
1: oh, I, I that need sounds to, brilliant.
2: I need to pitch a class about Doctor Who. Hmm. Well, there you go. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, just on the Harry Potter, my daughter and now husband uh, have just come back from London and they also went to see the, you know, the Harry Potter... Uh, uh, thing that you can go around where they actually filmed it, the studios which is now turned into a theme park I uh, said that was fabulous and of course uh, there is I was i was going to say it's daft as Who fans, I don't mean that, I mean that in a very <laughs> fond way uh, but they're all uh, like going to a convention half the people going around were uh, you know all in uh, in costume or whatever uh, a high, high number of people from Japan and China going round it as well but uh, yeah they went all the way around uh, Uh, the sets of uh, Harry Potter. I enjoyed that.
2: Slightly off topic, but there you go. I don't know. There's a huge overlap between the the Harry Potter films and the Doctor Who uh, universe, uh, so um, I don't know. That may be in a whole other episode. That may be another uh, topic for discussion, but um, for a while there it seemed like uh, everybody that you saw in Doctor Who, you'd say, wait a minute, I I saw you in the
0: Harry Potter movie. It's (laughs) it's something like that in Doctor Who and Star Wars as well.
2: Well, that's true, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah,
1: one, one minute you're a janitor at Hogwarts, mm. the next minute you're um, uh, the first doctor in a documentary.
2: That's right, yeah. <clears throat> or you may open a box and find David Tennant in it. You know, so.
3: Or you may give Harry Potter his wand and go off to war. That's true. Oh, yeah.
2: Damn. Or teach people how to fly on a broomstick, and then the next time we see you, you're,
0: you're a bitchy trampoline. As <laughs> uh, David Tennant called her. So. <laughs> well, you're shooting bows and arrows in medial, medieval times with a centauran, and the next thing you're a Boba Fett.
2: Oh, that, that, that was Jeremy Bullock. That's yes. right. <laughs> yeah. And we were talking about Declan Mulholland turning up on uh, the Sea Devils the other day. And then, That's right. <laughs> and then he was Jabba the Hut. So, yeah, yeah you're right. It goes crossing. on and on. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Well, speaking of uh, oh, yeah, crossing you know, I... over through time and space, um, there's, now this, this uh, okay, I'm just learning about this myself, so forgive me for not knowing much about it, but there's a... Time Travel TV, which is a site dedicated to offering real-time, spelled R-E-E-L, you know, meaning, you know, um, real as in motion pictures or, or I guess, television in this case. Real-time pictures, wide range of documentaries and dramas. Um, and then underneath it says DVD, download, and streaming. And... So I'm I'm still unsure of what this is all about. It says featuring myth makers, and they have names like Tom Baker, Anthony Anley, John Nathan Turner, uh, Jacqueline Pierce, uh, Peter Tuddenham, um, Eric saywood So there's mostly Doctor Who names, but some Blake Seven names here as well. Um, I don't know um, what this is well, about, really. I mean, other than what was it? You can you can I guess purchase these things, or
1: yeah. Well, the thing is, as well, that they're they they're just moving out and stepping into the into the uh, more into the online world. But this is, I think, somewhere where we could actually ask for feedback because um, they did a bit of a presentation, and they were certainly present at Gallifrey One, uh, and they coincided this announcement with that event. I think so. Any of the Podshot listeners who went to Gallifrey One may may know a little bit more about this, um, but. Um, They were attending it, uh, uh, and they they were in the dealer's room selling DVDs, advertising the new uh, website. Um, With the launch of our new website, we're pleased to announce the brand-new Mythmakers documentary on DV. Instant download and available to stream is Mythmakers 116, Anthony Ainley, uh, best known as uh, the master during the reign of the Fifth, Sixth and seventh Doctors. And and by the way, it's not that long ago that... um, the Anthony Ainley book came out, uh, written about him and his private life that uh, uh, maybe okay. something follow.
0: All right, I think I now Okay, now I'm catching on what this is about. I, there, there was a series of Mythmakers um, videos that were done, because um, if you click on... Top- well, it was real-time, wasn't it? Wasn't it
1: real-time Mythmakers? Yeah,
0: yeah. Drama yeah. and well, documentary I, 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 DVDs. I, yeah, which I didn't have, so that's why I didn't recognise the, the name at, at first... Uh, at first reading there but yeah you so uh so for example the uh there's a sixty minute um piece about tom baker um from nineteen eighty nine which you can purchase and for uh nine ninety nine pounds uh you could choose um choose your region format pal or n t n t c s c rather uh though um, right and then you i could think ch- the stream or stream or download this production using the link below so um so I the I, best I,
1: place I've seen the best place I, sorry Luz, the best place I've seen for people to find out quickly about this is going to galaxy 4 so if you go to www galaxy uh there's a lot of information there Mythmakers Warris Hussain Mythmakers Wendy Pambury Mythmakers William Hartnell Tribute and Jack Pitt uh, and so on and so forth Um but um they they are also um, they've just launched a uh, a time travel TV TV channel on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, if you put time travel TV, uh, you'll you'll see their page there. See they've got a couple of images up from uh, from uh, Gallifrey one, and they've got some information about um, uh, what they're doing. So that will be an easy point of contact and they'll have links to their www.timetraveltv.com
0: okay and the streaming is via Vimeo so if you hit streaming it brings you to the Vimeo site for uh video on demand and then they have um you can you can rent it for um for three, for, this is U.S. dollars now. Three seventy-five, or uh, buy it for. You can stream and download it for seven dollars and fifty cents. It's. Uh, I'm just using the Tom Baker one as an example. It's MythMakers number seventeen. Tom Tom Baker, forty-seven minutes. And again, um, so this is something that might be worthwhile. That you could view a trailer as well, so you can get a preview of what it's what it is. It. Um, there's a still image here, and it just you know it looks like someone interviewing Tom Baker outside. Um, and so it's something that's um, that, that that is definitely worth the interest of Doctor Who fans here.
1: Yeah, let me give two more links. They've got a Twitter account that's time travel or one word underscore TV, and they've got a Tumblr account time travel dash TV dot dot com. You, you mean Tumblr, right? Tumblr. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's. Tr- yeah. The
0: tumble is spelled T U M B L R. Yeah, that's the tum- tumbler without an E at the end. Yeah.
1: So basically they're sort of trying to get their their their, their they've got a massive great content. I think they're just trying to make it more visible to yeah, uh, the Doctor Who fans.
0: It's you know because um like myself I remember seeing those back in the 80s but I never uh had the opportunity to get them myself. Yeah um and I think you know back then I, I think they were just like on um tape if I'm not mistaken and uh, of course um you know so you had to make sure if you're in the US that you got the right standard not the PAL version and all that so um that's great that they made it it's it, they made it available via the website you know you could stream it or or download it that's great
1: Yep. Um I mean very quickly because we're spending quite a lot of time on this. Uh if you click on the Galaxy Four page, coming soon it's got um you know some of the things that are coming out classic audiobook, remembrance of the Daleks, classic audio book full circle, um uh, some figure sets, so an awful lot of stuff there.
0: Oh, good stuff. So uh, next bit of news, I think it's something that that. Um, too bad Ian's not here because I'm sure he would be very delighted about.
1: Yes, yeah, in his neck of the woods, it's uh, MegaCon, or in Orlando. Uh, the dates are the 10th to the 12th of April uh, uh, this year, 2015. Uh, but what had caught Ian's uh, attention, I think. By Perry G., one of the uh, our other dot two keen friends, was that amongst the guests has been confirmed or was subjected to availability, of course, is uh, Jenna Coleman, um, uh, Saturday and Sunday only. Mm-hmm. But um, they've got a great uh, range. And Megacom, by the way, is not just dot two, so they've got um, people from uh, 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 other things there. I was just looking, they've got. Um, yeah, they got Stan Lee. Well, Karen, uh, well, they've got Karen Gillen there, but they've got uh, Lou Frigo, uh Incredible They've got um, uh, David Ramsey, who um, I've really been enjoying uh, uh, on Arrow as um, the Arrow's uh, you know, companion, and one for the old-time people. Old-time people, that's wrong. Uh, but uh, Carrie... Is it Carrie... Louise, is it from the Princess Bride? Um, oh, a yeah. film that mm-hmm. Ian persuaded me to watch, and I thought this this, this, this kids' programme. You it? never seen the Princess Bride? It, oh, my yeah, God. I watched it. I, I watched it because Ian said, and of course it had that great fencing scene because I, I I'd been going on about um, <laughs> if you want to see great fencing, you watch Three Musketeers, you know with Gene Kelly. That's the best <laughs> fencing I've ever seen. Um, but anyway, lots of. Uh, guests on there. Inconceivable! Uh,
0: so on. I'm sorry, I had to, I had to get <laughs> I, I, I,
3: <laughs> that yeah. in there. I'm really going to blow your mind. You, I've, I've never seen Princess <laughs> Bride either, so oh, don't. Inconceivable!
2: Louis, <laughs> you keep using that word. I. I keep...
0: <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I have to watch it again. Oh, now. my. <laughs> Well for those of us who
2: are big fans I, I should mention that Kerry uh, Elvis has written a book about uh, his time on uh, making that film and it is uh, it is a charming charming thing that I recommend to everyone. You track down Carrie Elvis's book about his his time being Wesley. It's wonderful.
0: Well, we spoke I think the last time the all of us were here um but maybe it was maybe minus Dave might have been um when we spoke about Colin Baker uh joining um um, Star Trek continues but so in in if if you haven't seen the series it's it's worth checking out this fan made series but uh there's a couple people that are going to be appearing uh, um that that are from that series that will be appearing at this convention uh Lou Ferrigno who is most mostly known as the Incredible Hulk but he was guest starred in one of those episodes uh you know playing an Orion slave trader um something worth checking out if you want to see Lou Ferrigno in something, out, you know, outside of the Hulk. Uh, also, they have Vic, um, and I'm going to get his name, Vic Mignoragna, who plays Kirk? Big but me-
1: yes. yeah, yes, very he,
0: And he's also the uh, the principal person behind Star Trek Continues. Uh, I, uh, um, you know, as far as um, producing and I think writing as well. I'm not sure
1: right Um, uh, Summer and Clow who uh, are currently well certainly in season 2 is on Arrow and uh, Sarah Wayne Callis is it from The Walking Dead so um, Megacon is obviously a very broad church of uh, fandom so there's something for everybody there
0: and this is um, in Florida right? Orlando yeah yes okay all right. Well, those and those in that neck of the woods—something to keep your eye out. On. Or April tenth to the twelfth.
1: That's correct. Yeah.
0: All right. Cool. <laughs> Further on in the news, uh, Kyle, I think you did. You want to um, make any mention of this? The well, I—I
3: I had. Um, I'll, I'll mention it briefly. Uh, any of our listeners who are following the, um, I believe it's the Eighth Doctor Adventures, Uh, there is Dark Eyes 4 coming, I think it's a new series and there's another version of The Master that is, um, of of course, before Missy and um, starring Paul McGann as the Eighth Doctor. Don't really know much more about that, but I saw that and I thought that was interesting. So I said, well, we'll share it with our readers not our readers, our listeners.
0: Well, they, they may read as well, <laughs> but they mostly listen. <laughs> well, g- I
3: have a habit of referring, I, I, I get called on this all the time, I have a habit of referring to issues of a book or like a magazine as episodes and the reverse uh, <laughs> television episodes as an issue, so... Um, that's just once again a swibbly wobbly switchy switchy
0: that's quite alright it's it's a common thing actually uh i you're not you're the only one that that i've seen uh, that, I've see, see, that i've seen that i've heard in podcasts you... <laughs> exactly so yeah that's a uh, big finish uh which uh, does excellent audio adventures um continuing adventures of doctor who uh, you know, using um, all the doctors that are available up until um, you know, I guess up until the eighth uh, doctor that they have the the rights to use.
1: Let, let me just mention that the, as with previous sets, Dark Eyes Four is a four-part serial written by uh, John Dorney and Matt Finton. Um, a, a life in the day and then uh, The Monsters of Montmartre, I think that is, and then Master of the Daleks and Eye of Darkness. Good stuff. Big Finish also announced that there's going to be some more in the uh, Companion Chronicles series. Um, I think there's some more big finish coming out with that. I haven't got the details to hand, but it's um, these these are uh, big finish stories where the, uh, the stories told from the viewpoint of the companion are uh, uh, major character are somebody who is um, you know we've had these debates before on this of who who's a companion. Have they got to have travelled in the TARDIS to be considered a companion and so on? So so mm. it, it 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 includes people that are not. What some people would consider strictly companions, but are obviously key, key um, members of the the Doctor Who fraternity, as it were.
0: Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll be right back with the big question: What does Doctor Who mean? <laughs> we'll be right back. We're going to explore the, the, this ultimate question, Doctor Who. <laughs> right when we come back.
1: is Matt Smith, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshop.
0: Hey, have you tried Audible yet? Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from in all different genres, including thrillers, business, romance, comedy, and of course science fiction, plus a whole lot more. Audible titles will play on your iPhone, Kindle, Android, and more than 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And for you listeners of Doctor Who Podchalk, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a th- free 30-day trial, so you have a chance to check their, check their service out. To download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Pachak for your free audiobook. You can't get to that URL now. Have no fear. Go to our website, Pachak.net. You'll find links to the offer there as well. Now, we usually give you a little sampling of an audiobook selection. This week, I'm not going to do that. Uh, But they do have a huge selection of Doctor Who titles, over like 260 titles there of Doctor Who alone. Forget, you know, all the other science fiction, um, you know, genres and whatnot that they have there. But uh, you can choose from uh, some some new releases such as Doctor Who and Remembrance of the Daleks or Tales of Trenzalore, which is a uh, 11th Doctor story. The Remembrance of the Daleks is a 7th Doctor story or a 4th Doctor story, Full Circle. Or you could even get a War Doctor story, The Engines of War. If, if you're a 10th Doctor fan, one of the popular ones is The Stone Rose. I know we, we played uh, a clip from that on a previous Doctor Who pod shock. There's even a 12th Doctor story, uh, Silhouette. So, many to choose from. It doesn't have to be a Doctor Who title that you can choose as your free selection. Uh, you could choose uh, from whatever tickles your fancy. Though, we have... Um, Good word that you're interested in Doctor Who. So again, to download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audibletrial.com slash for your free audiobook and check it out. And if you decide it's not for you, you can cancel and keep your free audiobook. It's yours to keep. Okay, we're back with Dr. Who Pacuk. Uh Again, I'm joined with Dave, Lee, and Kyle. And we're here to ask you, to ask ourselves, to ask everyone, what does Dr. Who mean, really? And to kind of summarize or um, to um, to kind of bring it home to you, it, I, I can't believe it's almost been, well, it's, it's just over four years ago. Um, it, it was December... Uh, of 2010, that um, the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson uh, did a cold open with w- what happened was that Matt Smith was on the show. So at the time, uh, he felt that most people probably wouldn't know because Matt Smith of obviously you're listening to this, you know who Matt Smith is, the Eleventh Doctor. But at the time. He was still fairly new as the doctor. This is 2010, so he had started that spring. So in in the in the U.S., not many, you know, he, Craig Ferguson felt that many people probably aren't familiar with Doctor Who. Doesn't hasn't been on mainstream television for 50 years as it has been in the U.K. So he wanted to sort of introduce the series or to recap it very quickly. And what better way to do it than a song and dance number <laughs> to to open the show with? So, um, but unfortunately, he he couldn't he couldn't do it on the show. And long story short was that uh, it was put up. They, they 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 did it, but it was uh, put on YouTube. And um, and if if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sure if you listen to this, you probably have. But if you hadn't seen it yet, it's available on YouTube. And just to kind of refresh everyone, uh, this is the. Uh, This is the audio from it, just to give everyone a refresher.
3: Tonight's show is a little different. Tonight's show is about a man who's not really a man.
1: He's a doctor, but he's not really a doctor. Like Dr. Phil,
3: but awesome. Most people in the United States of America have not heard of him. He's just like me in that regard. Who is he? He's the doctor. this character my microwa. Cynicism. And if there is any hope for any of us in this giant explosion in which we inhabit, then surely that's it. Intellect and romance triumph over brute force and cynicism. Right, Doctor? Absolutely.
0: That was uh, Matt Smith there at the end there saying, absolutely. So this was Craig Ferguson's way of summing up what the program was about, um, you know, and and in it, you know, there's the lyrics, uh, you know, in the song there, which um, says it's it's all about triumph of intellect and romance over brute force and cynicism. And what we're asking is, is that really the case? Is that what Doctor Who's about? What does it mean um, to you and what does it mean to, to us? Personally, I I think for each of us, it probably means you know we we have our own meaning that we take from the show, and so I thought it might be interesting to sort of go around and, and find out you know what it means to us, and and this is not to say that ultimately this is the right. Meaning that that you should apply to it, or I think it's it's personal to anyone. You know what the show means to you, and, and what makes you a fan of it, and what attracts you to the program. And um, so obviously Craig Ferguson had to sum it up very briefly, and and, and I, I I agree with that statement that he you know um, you know brute force over um, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm mixing it up now. Uh, uh, what, what would Freud say? <laughs> Intellect Your and romance
2: come up. over brute force. You say, are symbolism. you mine, mommy?
0: You say, are you mine, mommy? No, no, that wasn't a Freudian <laughs> slip. That was a that was a loose Trapani slip, which I'm infamous for. <laughs> would I be wrong to say that um, wouldn't apply to you three as well as? Um, do, do we all agree that might have that's probably it wasn't off the mark but 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 he had you know you know that statement isn't off the mark right well i am I'm,
2: I'm the one who brought up the question yes this is what i should, i about this. and i
0: give you full I, credit I, yes. I, I,
2: thank you. Well, you know, I tossed that out as something for us to talk about. But because when I, I could so vividly remember watching that on, on Craig Ferguson's show, which I only tuned into because Matt Smith was going to be there, you know, and then I, I learned about this amazing cold open that he'd done, the audacity of trying to write lyrics to that theme song. I mean, <laughs> you, you just have to salute him, if for nothing else, for trying to write lyrics to that Doctor Who theme. But Um, But and
0: he did it with with singers and dancers and puppets and (laughs) (laughs) this whole this
2: giant production number. Yeah, very unusual for a late night uh, chat show like his. But uh, but yeah, then later on, when I went online to look for uh, the cold open that we didn't get to see in the broadcast, I, I got a little a little tear in my eye there. I said, my God, that's it. It's all about the triumph, intellect and romance over brute force and cynicism. That's so. That is what I love about this show. I, I just didn't expect anybody to quite put it into a bottle well, like
0: that. Uh, yeah, it's but uh, it encompasses but that, my, the spirit of what it what the, what it's about.
2: At least for me, anyway. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you know, for for us, but um but yeah. Then I got very curious about that. That's my experience of this show. But good lord, it's been more than fifty years. What. I I got really curious uh, about what other people think, and uh, um, now I have the honor to be married to the uh, brilliant media psychologist Karen Dill Shackelford, who studies fandom and fan experiences, and she's just written a book about uh, Mad Men fandom, for example. And one of the things that her study shows that everybody has a different experience of the things that they are fans of, of mm-hmm. course. But there's also this sort of aggregate view and uh, this this sort of tacit belief that everybody is on board for the same thing. But as we've seen in fandom, sometimes people get into tussles about what their show is all about, and yeah. we and we all believe we all feel like we own the franchise that it belongs to us personally somehow. Um, I um, so yeah that that's part of why I'm intrigued by this. We know this is a very real and powerful force that that, that pulls all of that uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be Ben Kenobi now, but, uh, <laughs> that that brings us all together and binds us in, in you know. Um, I don't well, know, you know, I... to, to to add to
3: what you just said, let's take let's take just a little bit of a subset here of. The, the ongoing conversation that everyone has that's a fan of Doctor Who in the sense of who is your favorite doctor? And that goes mm. exactly what you just said, Lee. Everyone has their own individual experience as to who and what they like about Doctor Who. Otherwise, everyone would say the whichever doctor is my favorite doctor. But you've had conversations left, right, and center where people literally, like you said, get, get into heated arguments as, well, Tom Baker is the best. No, David Tennant. No, uh, William Hartnell. No, it's mm-hmm. so, you know, it, go, it can go back and forth, back and forth. But at the end of the day, it is a personal experience.
2: And I suppose this gets back to something that we've said many times that the, the genius of this show comes from that moment when we guess it was Sidney Newman who who said, wait a minute, just because this actor is leaving, we don't have to end the show. Right. <laughs> and so now we can have a dozen doctors to choose from. What? Uh, yeah. And we can all be part of the same fandom and have all of those different dimensions and, and facets on it. It's um, yeah. Well, Do we know historically who, who was that who, who said, wait a minute, we, Bill Hartman is leaving the show, but that doesn't mean the show has to stop.
1: Wasn't it Sidney Newman? I, I assumed. I guess I've always assumed that it was Sidney Newman, but I think we've assumed it certainly. I'm not sure whether it's historic fact. I mean, wh- one of the um, things we should mention, of course, is that the the adventure in time and space that tried to encapsulate the sort of uh, genesis of uh, the, the story, uh, and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I do know uh, Darth, of course, has been on PodShock in the past. He he was rather uh, disappointed. With it in somewhat he was absolutely amazed that they tried to tackle it, and he thought it had been very successful, but uh, he thought the story was so rich and so wonderful it seemed daft that they seemed to craft it and uh and make some changes um uh, you know to compress things in time you know uh, mm. meetings that happened at different t- stages were compressed into a single meeting and so on but um on the other hand that they, they did so much for. Uh, fans in terms of uh, actually painting a very real scene Uh, I mean I've been a fan of it right from the start um, and I do know there are some people that sometimes say I'm done with Doctor Who now uh, and maybe they do literally do that, they are done with it and they don't come back to it for most people, they will have times when this sort of it wax and wanes out of their life. Maybe because they're going through uh, personal situations of their own. Maybe they've mm-hmm. you know they've just had new children, young children, uh, and it, it recedes into the background of their consciousness. Uh, but certainly here in the UK, you know it's it's entwined in the, the social consciousness. Uh, the, there isn't hardly a TV show that goes on without some vague reference to it, whether it's, um, you know, um, an estate agent showing somebody around the house and somebody making um, a a reference to, you know, the tarded size of the rooms or the inside to the outside or um, uh, some reference of that sort. It's it's actually embedded within the cultural thing. Uh, A nice analogy I was trying to think of, uh, and I think I may have grasped one, is... um, the doctor is the doctor, and if you know your Hippocath- Hippocratic oath, you know that the, um, the the doctor symbol is a is a, a rod with a a couple of snakes mm-hmm. entwined round mm, it.
2: The Caduceus.
1: So if you think of the the rod as the 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 timeline of the doctor, uh, and the uh, the director is sort of uh, twirling his imagination and and, and bending mm. doctor who to his thing, and you as the viewer. Uh, Having your sort of own personal relationship to that staff. And at points, those two are three combined, and you are in sync you 're in you're as one and there will be many people that would say you know uh, the russell T davis era uh, was you know their era that's that was their storytelling, the humanity that he brought to it, the way he could have uh, conversations the the way he wrote uh you know the speeches and the 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 real interrelationships other people will say no that they, they prefer um, earlier times and earlier ways of interpreting the the doctor and the companion relationship so there are times when you a little bit like the cycles come together um like these different circadian rhythms that people supposedly have through the 24 hours uh, and then there are times when you sort of phase off it I phased off it somewhat a little bit when um although I love Stephen Moffat I was very keen for him to come and I love the work that he did with um uh, blink and so on um, but then he kept saying that he, he wanted the fairy tale element to be more prominent uh, and that I didn't like I didn't like the way he took the master into this sort of maniacal type thing I much prefer the Roger Delgado mm. the cool uh, well back to um, Sherlock Holmes <laughs> again isn't it um, yeah. so uh, I think um, Dot Who can return but ne- and recede, but never leaves a person who's become a Doctor Who fan. Uh, it's
0: almost part of their childhood, part of their growing well, up, well, and is a, well, a familiar well, blanket sometimes. William, Sh- William Hartnell said once, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember the exact quote, but he said something t- along the lines that once you're touched by Doctor Who, it stays with you for your entire life. something like that Um, I'm sure if I look up the quote I can find it but it it just goes to what you just said
1: yeah and I mean we've been put through lots of things we've had these um, times when Doctor Who's been off uh, the air we've had changes from Half half hour episodes, after five minute episodes to the the longer ones. We've had it on Saturdays, and then suddenly went to midweek. This is in the classic era, of course. Um, and then we've had this uh, split series. I mean, really, um, the BBC have been uh, played hard and fast with the Doctor Who franchise, almost to thinking, well, the Doctor Who fans will watch it, whatever we do with it, you know. And um, and they've manipulated it uh, in many ways. For for reasons not that familiar with the the fans of the show, we just want it on the air. Uh, I'll I'll speak up for Ian here who can't be with us, of course. Uh, you know he will say um, if Dot Who's on TV, I'm happy. Um, he may like some more than others, but if he's got a new Dot Two to watch, that is an event to 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 watch out for. Now there are some people that would say that Dot Two is, is not event tv as much now uh, in fact the actual viewing figures here in the UK somewhat uh, reflect that in terms of uh, if there are two big programs on most people won't watch talk 2 live but the reason is because they'll want to record it why did he want to record it? Because he wanted to put him in freeze frame every little second of it to, to find out what's happened. It's really to do with the fact that the other program was a better program. Uh demanded their attention. Or uh, maybe the wife is in charge of the remote control. Not necessarily to say that women aren't now bigger, bigger fans. And I think if we are going to talk about changes in the doctor over time, the the most incredible one i've seen is the fact that you know there are dot who fans who know girls now only that there are dot who fans who know girls and girls know what they're talking about when they talk about Who. <laughs> yeah that's
2: stunning that's hasn't it? <laughs> the same thing has happened in the sherlockian world too
1: absolutely yeah
3: but you know, of course, you go back and you look at when when we think about the history of Doctor Who, and we go back and we look at this very small budget, very you know moderately done. This is the best way that I could put it for an unearthly child. But that there was that one little bit of magic somewhere in that episode that allows us to sit here in 2015 and have this conversation. Imagine all of the hundred other shows, be they science fiction, be they comedy, be they whatever, whether it's in Britain, whether it's in the United States, whether it's in Australia, wherever. Something survived, some little piece of magic that made it where it was simulcast on the 50th anniversary around the world. I mean, yeah. how great is that?
1: <laughs> well, well, I'll shut out tell so you something true, else yeah. as well. There are two major science fiction franchises on TV and both had two pilots made. One was Star Trek and one was Doctor Who. And I think... Uh, I, I must admit, I've actually not tried to watch the original Unearthly Child, the one that didn't uh, that which I believe you can see now. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, um, but again, I mean, we know we know with Star Trek, famously, you know, uh, they said go back and try again, didn't they? I mean, uh, that turned up again um, in the Cage, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as the military, um, yeah, right, um, but. Um, so, so, so that was a, a little bit of a fortune for it. Uh, again, to, to quote Darl Sceptic, and I think I hope I'm not misquoting him, uh, one of the things that he's actually said about Classic Who is that um, the fact that we've had missing episodes of Doctor Who is perhaps one of the best things that ever happened to Doc Who <laughs> because um, the, the myth and the yearning and the want to uh. see those episodes far outweighs and strengthens the fandom more than the actual realization when you see those episodes. Uh, maybe if you saw the, you know, you suddenly see a missing episode of the Underwater Menace, or Galaxy Four, or whatever. Now, I would take out of that equation mm-hmm. the 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 two recent ones that we talked about, Lewis, a while back. Um, you know, uh, Web of Fear mm-hmm. and the uh, the the enemy one. And, yeah. um, uh, the 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 two back to back. Enemy anyway, of the two back-to-back second mm-hmm, Doctor the stories, Pat
0: ones. which
1: to me really lived up to my memory of them. Well, I was just uh, going to bring
0: that up because you have the unique perspective of many of these epi- many, many of these missing episodes. You may recall from your own memory watching them. You know where some of us like many of us yanks if you will you know never saw them so you know we only have the audio perhaps to go by but we don't or the novelizations but um but we never seen them but you for you it's they're they're missing but you have a but they're but you also have a memory of them as well
1: yeah, I wish I had a better memory of him. I'd love to, if I was ever going to go under a hypnotist, it would be to sort of recall those. I mean, I often tease people, I say, one of my favorite Dot Two stories is the Celestial Toymaker. And people say, what are you talking about? Nobody's ever seen that. I said, I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well,
3: I, I, That's Dave, pretty I have cruel, a question though. for you. Do, do you recall uh, Power of the Daleks, the first uh, Troughton? Oh, uh, yeah. That's yeah, with Victoria, that it with Victoria
1: isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't remember all the details. Obviously, I, I don't, but um, I, I, to, to use the word powerful seems uh, uh, too simplistic to use. But, yes, they, they were very, very good stories indeed. Uh, the other thing about Doctor Who then as well, slightly sidestepping your question, is the um, <laughs> the fact that they could you know, if a story needed seven episodes to tell it, it was a seven episode story. Uh, I mean, there were occasions when no doubt that they had to sort of extend stories. We, 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 we know stories where uh, they've actually used a story. Uh, they've had to go. In, in fact, uh, even going right back to the beginning, um, from that time and space, you know, Verity Lambert's saying, we've got to go with this next story, but goddamn machines, one-eyed fingers, I, don't we- I didn't right. want any bug-eyed... But we had to, they had to go with it, because that's the only script uh, that they had ready, even though they didn't have the um, the creature itself. I mean, there are so many things. Um, I don't know the psychologists talk about gestalt guess gestalt, but uh, it is the coming together, isn't it? I mean, a little bit like Blake Seven. Blake Seven was a very, could have been a very run of the mill B movie, uh, but it just clicked. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of us have seen movie. I mean, if you if you if you go to something like, um, oh, um, what's the one with the pods? The sci-fi one with the pods um, invasion, invasion of the body Snatchers. invasion of the body section. Section. really. It's probably a low-budget film, but a, fa- a fa- yeah. fantastic yeah. film. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people have been talking about uh, the original thing um, uh, from another from another planet. Um, brilliant, not the John Carpenter one, the the original yeah. one that mm-hmm. um, thing, was based thing on from it. Another I mean, world some of the yeah, thing from another yeah. world. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes low-budget. I mean, they said that about Casablanca. People making Casablanca didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary when they're making it. But the chemistry, as as Kyle said, sometimes the chemistry just happens.
0: Yeah.
2: And and there's a reliance then on on wit rather than uh, throwing expensive things at the screen. I I think that's part of what Kyle was touching on a little while ago. You can see it there in Unearthly Child. It's like we we know that this isn't a multi-million dollar production, but... But listen to this dialogue, look at these performances, look at how smart this is. Uh oh, somebody yeah. on a somebody on a, online was asking the other day, um you may have seen this Uh they say what what is the moment when you became a Doctor Who fan? And I and I realized, I remember, for me it was seeing Genesis of the Daleks, and that moment where the doctor is ready to blow up the nursery. Ah. Have
3: I the right? Mm-hmm.
2: Have I the right? And he can't do it. And I thought this may be the biggest idea I've ever seen on a on a low-budget TV, you know, TV uh, sci-fi adventure show. I, I have the opportunity now to destroy my enemy. Should I be doing that? Don't I become them when I you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And
1: I, uh, that's uh, that's when I was hooked. I said, I'm coming back for more of this. So, so that must have actually resonated very greatly with you when we, we get uh the ninth doctor a wounded doctor uh one that's performed genocide um, it just shows you can you know you can relate to the fact of how that you know has weighed so heavily on the doctors right uh with the tenth doctor and so on and then and then I mean, I don't know whether I feel right about this inserting the war doctrine there. Um, I mean, I would, in some ways, I would have liked Paul McGann to have taken that story forward. But, um, mm. but then again, that's where yeah. we come back to our internal interpretation of how the doctor should develop and how his adventure should be and how the showrunner gets. I mean, let's face it, if, if you had the power, if you were the showrunner, you'd want to mold it towards your. Uh, idea of it and and we've been really very blessed with the people that have been in charge they've always been people and because the, the sheer length of the, the thing you've got people like David Tennant he was a fan first Peter Capaldi a fan mm-hmm. first it's yeah. utterly marvellous
2: growing up to get to actually be the doctor yeah
0: well Lee you had suggested before what what first you know attracted you to doctor who and 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 you had just explained you know um you know for you what it was and and when I thought about well, what does Doctor Who mean to me that actually that that 's what I thought about was what it's sort of like that first love or, or or the love of your life what what first attracted you to that person or or mm-hmm. um and how that- how that relationship first blossomed and flourished and um and for me i Discovered it in the late seventies. Damn it, it! Started killing other <laughs> I discovered it in the late seventies and fell and, and basically um, the romance began in the eighties and early eighties and that's really when my love affair of Doctor Who started. And it come, and for me, it's really the the title says it really well. I mean, Doctor Who. Uh, you know, it's always said that it should have been a question mark there because mm, yeah. it, it, it it comes down to the the title character really per, uh, personifies the uh, the, the, sh- the series and, and what it means to me. Here we have an alien who 's eccentric and um, but he 's himself he doesn 't care what other people think. he dresses the way he likes and um, he 's curious he has this uh, childlike curiosity he 's always asking questions. And he's anti-authoritative. He's, uh, you know, it, it, it's this is anti-authority streak through the whole series. He was running from his own people. And and, and I, I realize that some of this stuff doesn't apply to the series today, but I'm going back to when I discovered it and, and, and the, what attracted me to it. Because at that time, we just had here in, in, in the U.S. before, um, again, putting his mindset back in the— in in the late seventies, early eighties, this is before Star Trek: The Next Generation. This is we were in a deficit of science fiction, and uh, as a, and I've always been a science fiction fan. So uh, here I, I stumbled across this series. I had heard about Doctor Who before, but I hadn't seen it before. I uh, I, I came across it on a Saturday morning. Here they were showing it. They were showing two episodes back to back late Saturday mornings, and I started watching it. Then it was Tom Baker, and 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 this is what what compelled me these these aspects that here you had this character that was fallible who wasn't captain kirk wasn't he wasn't off to try to sleep with everyone that he meets you know and uh, (laughs) yeah i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but i'm just saying this is something it's it's an (laughs) alternative to what it was different it was different for us yeah um and he was an underdog and he stood up for other other underdogs and and then you had this open universe, you know, this format of you could go anywhere in time and space. You know, it's completely open to explore. Though there are limitations, you know, there, you could only regenerate twelve times. You know, there were there were certain the 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 TARDIS was always stuck in the form of the police box. You know, so so there were certain limitations, even though it had this wide open format. And and that's why I always feel that it's important to keep certain limitations intact in the program. And that's why. I, you know, I love the mystery of this doctor because we, you know, um, he he puts the who in Doctor Who, you know. Uh, we didn't know who his background. We knew very little about his background. Um, he was ambiguous. He's, um, you know, about his family. Um, he There was no hanky-panky going on in the TARDIS that we could see. We didn't know what his sexuality was, if it even mattered or whatever, you know, and... um yeah. And, and again, this is different than what we've seen in other science fiction series, and so th- this was all exciting at the time. Uh, and, and at that time, there were cliffhangers. You know, speaking of excitement, you would get you would. Oh yeah. There were half hour shows, and then they would leave you with this cliffhanger, and you had to wait till you know the next episode to find out what happened. You knew, you know, he was going to get out of it, but how? You know, he, you know him and his companions, and. Um, and speaking of companions, it's it's a show about companionship and friendship because um, even though I, I do enjoy an occasional story of just the Doctor without a companion, but the companions play a crucial job, um, you know, is intrinsic in, t- in the series, and um, you know, and, and and he relies, he seeks out companionship and friendship, you know, as, as opposed to sexual relations. <laughs> so and and humor is always. Part of it, you know. Um, again, my introduction yes, was with Tom Baker, and you know he was always injecting humor in in, in it, 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 things. No matter how serious the situation was, he didn't take things too seriously, you know. And and when he did, you know, he, <laughs> it was it was a call to action because that's you, you know if if he's upset and he's angry, you know things are really bad. Um, the Britishness of it is. Also part of the fabric of Doctor Who, which you know, I, even if there was to be you know um, another production that's helmed by you know Americans or Australians or French people, it has to remain British. You know, it, it, it's yeah. part of what the series is. It's it's powder if it's it's part of its fabric. Um,
2: even when it's made in Canada, it's still British.
0: Yes, you know. <laughs> So basically, I mean, all these like ingredients came together and and is to me is really what, you know, you know, uh, other than the larger, you know, um, wider, you know, um, definitions. But but these little ingredients all come together. And, um, you know, I always say that the thing that that's great about Doctor Who is it's all about stories and characters, you know, it, stories and characters triumph over. You know, shoddy effects and and shaky sets, you know, because it it really is. I mean, it it didn't matter if it, you know, the effects paled in in comparison to what we've seen in Star Wars or, you know, again, putting your mindset back in the late 70s. It didn't matter because the stories were there and the characters were there. And that's. Really, what what gripped you and, and kept you going? You know, uh, you could you could you could actually turn the TV off, you know, turn the the, the picture off rather, and just listen to it, and it will still be just as compelling. Though you want to watch it.
2: <laughs> the shows for which we only have the audio track surviving, yeah, some of exactly. them make very satisfying radio shows. Mm-hmm. they yeah, they're splendid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, hmm.
1: Not a word to disagree with here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, When I think back, I mean, I I did watch Doctor Who from the start and and enjoy watching it. But I think, um, first of all, I mean, one of the reasons why I've always wanted them to have uh, male companions in the TARDIS is that, um, you know, Ian Chesterton, I thought, was... Uh, a great companion I mean if you if you watch him in the Aztecs um, you know that that's exactly they had the, the the balance there he was you know because obviously the Doctor was a, portrayed as a, a frailer man in late on in his uh, his his first life presumably at this time so um, I, I always identified him so that meant that um, when Patrick trouton came along um I thought he was he was actually my favourite Doctor. Well, actually, my favourite Doctor all the way up until the 10th Doctor and David Tennant. Um, but even that, uh, I, I found it a little bit of a, an issue when he first... I hated that stovepipe hat that he wore right at the beginning, mm-hmm. and uh, as soon as he got rid of that, that was all right. Uh, and then, then with the third Doctor, I thought, oh... John Pertwee, he's a comedian, he's a UK comedian. He pulls his face, uh, but he was marvellous. He had the benefit, of course, of his very first story being during the uh, the strike, and therefore it was all filmed. Therefore, it's the only story uh, as of yet, that uh, well, from the classic series, that has made it onto Blu-ray because of the quality of the image. Um, Tom Baker, running on the spot, being a Viking, having a Viking helmet on his face, I thought, Blimey, who's this idiot? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? And uh, I think he'd been... I th- had he been in the seventh voyage of Simba before that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. gold, so, golden um, voyage. Golden voyage, thank yeah. you. So uh, I was a little bit, uh, you know, miffed about that. So... Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, I think I, I made a mistake earlier when you were asking about Power of the Daleks. I said uh, uh, Victoria, didn't I? It was Evil of the Daleks. She joined. It was Polly that was still in the Power of the Daleks. Ah, uh, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Polly and... So uh, I, I make enough mistakes without you getting an email about that. So uh, <laughs> correct that. Do not uh, send emails to Dave. Yeah. Uh, no, we uh, so, and then I mean, uh, we can't go all the way through... I, but um, it's an interesting point. Thing is Dave. About-
0: as far as uh, John Pertwee, he was he was known as he was a comedian, and he then everyone thought you know he was going to take this role and 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 you know have fun with it and as a comedy role. But he took it the other way. He played it very serious, you know. And, you know he he brought the whole James Bond aspect to Doctor Who, and uh, it's interesting. You know, you reminded me because I had forgotten about it. But yeah, but when he was cast as Doctor Who, he was known as a comedian, and people. You know, he, he did the Navy Lark, he, he, was, he was known for his comedy, and... Did the Navy, he did the Navy Lark for about 25 years on radio, yeah. uh, it was
1: unbelievable, uh, and if you've ever, by the way, if you ever find a YouTube, there's a, I think it's on YouTube, uh, but there's a, a long interview of about an hour... With John Pertwee, and he had a one-man show based on it. It might have even been a recording of that. Absolutely fascinating man, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And Sean Pertwee, anybody who's seen Sean Pertwee uh, in Gotham, uh, and then he posted a fantastic picture just recently of him in his father's costume. I think it was oh, for Halloween, problem. wasn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, it was good God! October? Uh, I can't believe yeah.
2: it. Oh, when but I saw that, I said, "Hey, that's cheating." <laughs> <laughs> to make that your Halloween costume, that's yeah. just cheating.
1: Yeah, it, it it uh, any cosplay competition, you'd win exactly. Nansdown. Yeah, that's that's no fair, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you know, so uh, uh and, and then we go on. I mean, um, Colin Baker, Sixth Doctor, uh, one of the advantages of Doctor Who being on so long is that he's had time to come back into the franchise. Through all those marvelous uh you know big finished audio things uh shown great uh, the um the eighth doctor from just the t v movie which well again you, 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 I mean people people have a philosophy in life, don't they? some people that think uh, well it happened it happened for the right reasons or whatever i mean american british co production of the time it didn't really work. put uh, Doctor Who back 10 years. But if it had to put Doctor Who back 10 years, would we have had the absolutely unbelievable quality that we've had? And, uh, guys, are you ready for it? When did you say it came back? 2005?
0: What year yeah. are we in now? Now yeah. 10 years on. Unbelievable. unbelievable. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it, does not I think yeah. it was March, wasn't it March 26th or was it the 24th or something? March 26th,
3: 2005, yes. Oh. Yeah.
0: So we're a- approaching the anniversary of 10 years. I mean, it's hard to believe. Yeah, there'd be some
1: young whippersnapper, you know, age 20 or whatever, saying, Oh, I remember when the uh, <laughs> the ninth doctor, he was my doctor. And you're thinking,
0: Well, that was only about two years ago. <laughs> right. It feels like it. Well, like I said, when we were talking about the cold open, I can't believe that's almost five, almost a half a decade. That was 2010. I nice. mean, grant it was December or um, maybe late November that uh, that episode went out, whatever. So uh, but still. Yeah.
2: But we, we hadn't seen a lot of Matt at that point. We didn't.
0: Yeah. We, we, we did, only saw didn't his, really first, know who it, his first series at that time, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was so hmm. fresh and new at the time. But uh, just
1: brings back to the the original question, I suppose. Yeah, I think that uh, the, the the song and the the words um, that that were in that little supposedly five minute humorous thing did capture an awful lot about it. I mean, uh, who can remember? The, you know, if we go back to certain episodes, go back to is it Tooth and Claw when they're um, you know they're locked in the library or uh, somewhere else, and there's uh, you know. Uh, you know, w- 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 we're away from the weapons. We've got no weapons, and he said, "You're surrounded by weapons." The books. books. I mean, how how many? Te- I mean, uh, we've we've had uh, the tenth doctor in Shakespeare, code or whatever it was, say, you know, uh, you know, all, all the lectures of about Shakespeare have thrown the hands in the air because he's talked about you know gay love or something, and and yet. There must have been a lot, awful lot of teachers that have been pleased that you know the doctor said you know the greatest weapon it, you know basically the, the pen is mightier than the sword mm-hmm. in, in modern day language. It's unbelievably good. Again and and, and again. what about all what about all the fan create all the creation that goes around it? The people making Tardis, uh, knitting things, uh, writing fan fiction, writing adult fan fiction about it. Um, women. Uh, I'm not quite sure how, how this has suddenly grown but it's an absolutely marvellous thing where you know the, there are female 10th doctors in cosplay and uh, all sorts of things I well, don't think you tenth, underestimate
0: think all the doctors had, have female well, all of them you yeah. yes, can't underestimate
1: Whoa. what a boon to fandom women adopting it is and, and the other thing is the the international scale of it the the sheer number of uh um you know countries that they have done then things like the you know doctor at the proms i mean how many tv shows have you know two or three
0: proms
1: right.
2: unbelievable get to perform meds. at the royal albert hall
3: yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: well i mean dave you, you just yeah. touched upon something there that brings me back to 30 years ago, you know, um, I mean, this year also marks the 30th anniversary of the Gallifrey Embassy, and it's one thing that I've always noticed back even 30 years ago with fandom, when it comes to Doctor Who, it seemed to be when it comes to Doctor Who fans, a more of an even split, or more of an even mix between male and female fans where um, it seems more leaning towards male fans when you think of Star... And not to say that there's not a lot of women Star Trek fans by no means, I'm just saying that... the ratio seems to be more weighted on male fans, at least that I was exposed to at conventions and and gatherings and whatever, and and, um, writings and whatever. Um, It it seemed to be that way. But not with Doctor Who. It seemed more evenly split down the middle when it came down to, um, you know, gender, you know, um, as far as ratios go. Well,
1: uh, in my ear, I can hear... Ian, time-travelling now, I can hear Ian listening to this <laughs> saying, David, mention what my wife said. It was David Tennant and Dr. Hottie. That's what got them in. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I remember that, that, uh, that his wife called her Dr. Hottie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, better the than, is, better yeah. than Billy Piper's name for him, which I won't repeat.
2: Um, <laughs> but you remind me that when I went to my first Gallifrey... Something I'd always wanted to do, always wanted to go to the Gallifrey One Convention. And my son and I were coming down that big uh, escalator. You you guys know mm-hmm. the one I mean. It's yes, the, the one covenant. that goes downstairs. And uh, Right. And um, the first thing we saw coming down onto the main floor was a, a young woman dressed as the 10th Doctor and a young woman dressed very convincingly as Captain Jack. And the two of them were locked in a passionate kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and my son and I both said, well, there's something you don't see every day. <laughs> um, but it was it was welcome to the new world of Doctor Who fandom. This is what I knew. This is not what I knew in the seventies and eighties. And uh, I said, "Well, this is a whole new world. This is amazing." Um, with something has been touched on on a universal.
1: I don't know. <laughs> well I think we 've talked about how it 's changed how it 's developed how it 's grown, and how it 's steadfastly maintained you know uh, the, the the audience once you grab by dot two most people stay with it. What do you think have been the um, the parts of dot Two that have been unchanging things elements that maybe if they had have changed may have threatened this this uh, this Love and lightness and and thing is that obviously yeah yeah they mustn't change a great question
2: yeah yeah you, you I, know, I was Dave, wondering that too what would it take to run us off from this fandom? that's I think it's a great question
3: you know Dave I think when you say what what has been unchanging I'm going to play on words a little bit I think the fact of change has been unchanging.
2: It's because the only it's, constant thing yes, in
3: the universe. I was right. I say that, Lee. <laughs> you know that 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 right there. You know, you go back and you look at the first four actors that were the companions and the Doctor, long since gone. I mean, and you know, change, change. You know, constant even with even as the companions came and go you know came and uh, came in came out uh, the doctors came in come out monsters came in come out everything you know has been always been about change and i think that's part of what kind of touches us to some degree is you know look at look at how we ourselves as human beings deal with change. And to see a a program, um, I'll speak for myself for a moment, of just in the last year, I went through a major change with with my work situation. And going from that situation of knowing, you know, hey, uh, the company I'm working for is being bought. Now here comes the new owners and everything's about to change. I kid you not that I took matt Smith's goodbye speech and listened to that over and over and over again sure. uh, and it it was you know almost soothing to mm-hmm. know that yes, we do change and uh, you know, but that I'll always remember this and uh that was you know just like a for me, it was just a good way to help transition to a next stage and I think if you know, regardless of who the fans are whether they're male, whether they're female, whether they're young, whether they're old whether they're on this side of the pond whether they're on the other side of the pond wherever they may be if you take the premise of Doctor Who and you look at it for what it is, you will find something in it that you can relate to and use that for whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, and, you know, share that with other people. So, I mean, I know that's a little philosophical to some degree, but again, from my own experience, that a television show could bring that is just amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I do feel as though there, there has yeah. to be a, there has to be an anchor though. Um and I think the anchor for dot who is the TARDIS. I think um I think that's something that I mean you can change the wallpaper. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and maybe in a particular story you can have a reason why uh, the TARDIS changes. Uh, maybe it comes to siege TARDIS or whatever something but the TARDIS is is fundamental I was on a a, 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 I have more than one interest in science fiction as all of us do uh, and on the um, Blake 7 on Facebook Uh, they were talking about there you know when people may have lost a little bit of interest in say the final series of Blake 7 and one person said well well, it's simple Uh, you know uh, and spoiler here, uh, they got rid of the Liberator, which is the the, the main ship mm-hmm, in the, yeah. Lake Seven. If you're not familiar, uh, and yeah. that th- th- that was the emblem. That was the. I mean, you could argue that they also had Orac, the the computer, as well. But basically, it was never the same once they lost that ship. You could argue that Star Trek would it survive without a ship called Enterprise. So. I mean I think there are some not immutable things because uh, there are changes but uh, I do think um the TARDIS and and one of the reasons why the Neil Gaiman story um uh, the the first one that he did should I say because the second one I wasn't quite as keen on but um the Doctor's Wife. Uh, where the doctor's wife yeah Uh, and I had a little bit of difficulty with that in some respects because um, you know these auntie and uncle these rather strange people uh, outside and uh, and I was a little disappointed with the the the, uh, having um, you know um the two the two companions basically running up and down the corridors really outside of the story they were sort of they were sort of put on hold while the doctor and the doctor's wife had them the main story but um I still think that was a very 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 important story in terms of uh reconnecting maybe newer members of the audience that that the the child is, is this living thing that there is this connection. You know, uh, I mean, well, I mean, it, there it must goes be a lot of women that, that say this
0: And to the willie Partner, first series of willie Partner, where um, the, the TARDIS was, you know, conveyed as a character in itself.
1: Right. Absolutely. But it must go back, I mean, to American viewers. I mean, the, the, uh, the best analogy I could think of, you know, is if, uh, if um, a middle-aged guy who's, um, you know, he's got his Harley Davidson and his wife says, it's either me or the Harley. You're not quite sure which way he's going to choose, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the
2: big laugh in The Doctor's Wife, you know, I, I just love this line. Is when, uh, uh, Amy realizes that the, this woman is the TARDIS, and she says, Did you wish really, really hard? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it's they, very true. Yeah, I think we could we could change a lot of things, but I don't think you could take the TARDIS out of Doctor no. Who. That just that's uh, that is in no. essence. But,
0: well, th- those in a, in a, in a way, um, though, in a limited way, it happened briefly with John Pertwee, the, the third doctor being stuck on Earth. And at one point he just had this console in in, in like the garage there. And he was he was working That's Right. At it. And, you know, and you know,
2: I, I have I sometimes I have trouble putting my finger on what it is that I don't enjoy so much about those shows. And, and of course, that's it. yeah, It's the doctor without his TARDIS. Uh, um, yeah.
3: But 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 they were smart enough to not do away with it. You would whether he's always there or yeah. not. It was always there. And <laughs> that's the, right. It's in always the, in the background in his right. laboratory.
2: We were talking about Sea Devils uh, in the show before last year, and I had forgotten until seeing it again that uh, the Doctor asks the Master very innocently, "What's happened to his TARDIS?" And the Master says, "I know why you want to know where my TARDIS is," you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And
0: in a large, which we, we we mentioned during the review, there in a larger sense, they're both prisoners. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now we've been talking for some time, and I don't know how much long we've got, Louis. Lewis will call times shortly, I assume. But um, that was I'm a real pose, question. I think am going to I'm going to pose. No, I'm going to pose one yeah. more question, okay. if I may. Do you think Doctor Who, at some point, not necessarily now, would benefit from? Uh, Arrest. I remember when um, when we had the confidentials and Russell T Davis had just taken over. One of the very first confidentials I I remember saw, he was talking about, you know, that um, basically he was saying, I don't own Dot 2, I'm the caretaker of Dot 2, and I'll be the caretaker for the next five years. Mm. And then I'll step away, and then some other team will come, and maybe there will be a gap between that, and maybe Doctor 2 will be arrested, but there will always be Dot 2 on TV though not always necessarily, you know, in a continuous line. Uh, uh, we're, we're coming up to 10 years. Uh, do you think the BBC, and I, and I don't want to frighten anybody, but I mean, do you think the BBC might ever think uh, we'll rest Doctor Who for two or three years for whatever reason, budgetary mm-hmm.
0: or whatever? Well, we did have a limited um, exposure to it in 2009 with the specials. You know, we didn't get a full series. We got we got a handful of specials that mm-hmm. filled that, that year, you know, so I don't know if that was because of budgets, um, that there wasn't funding, or um, uh, David Tennant was off doing other things. Doing and, other stuff, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, I even when, even the wilderness years, you know, when Doctor, that, that, that those gaps that, that, when uh, between, um, you know, the 1996 movie and when, when the series came back in 2005, it's, you know, Doctor Who continued in novels, in big finished audio productions, and, um, you know, it, it finds a way, just like life finds a way, it's, Doctor Who will always somehow exist in some format, you know, be it, you know, fan productions, you know, just like, you know, mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier with Star Trek fan productions are continuing, the um, you know, the, the, the Gene Ronderberry vision of Star Trek now that it's been off the air for 10, speaking of 10 years, isn't it about 10 years since um, Enterprise was off the air? Huh. Uh, So they're maybe so yeah yeah. Yeah, Star Trek fans are going through the same thing. They want the series to come back onto television. On television, uh, I think you know, Doctor Who may leave the TV airwaves for a bit, but I think it will. Mm. It's always destined to come back. It's just it's to borrow a character that's close to Lee's heart. It's like Sherlock Holmes. Mm. You know, it's Mm. uh, it, it would always the character will always be there, and the stories are always there.
1: Jeremy Brett, Jeremy Brett, Jeremy
2: yeah. Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you remind me, in fact, that um, um, uh, Dave mentioned uh, Gestalt psychology earlier, and mm-hmm. um, I, I wonder if we, we should mention uh, Bluma Zygarnik. Do you know who she was? She was a, a Soviet psychologist. Um, she died in 1988. But anyway, her her one of the things. The, she, gets a, she gets an effect named after her, the Zygarnik effect. And her, her research suggested that we are most emotionally invested in things that aren't finished. Hmm. The things that are somehow incomplete are no, the things no that closure. submit themselves right. And, and, I, think, and I thought about uh, Zygarnik when you, when you mentioned that how wonderful it is. I guess it was Darth Skeptical who said this. How wonderful it is that a lot of the early Doctor Whos are missing. That's brilliant. We couldn't have planned it better, you know. <laughs> it triggers the Zygarnik effect, and we want—we know that Doctor Who will never be finished. Uh, so, I don't know. I have an idea. If, if it ever came time to just button the series off, to just say, "Okay, this is it." My idea is that the, whoever is the Doctor at that point, he or she regenerates one more time. They die, they regenerate, and they—and we hear them say, we hear the Doctor say, "Well, that's not what I expected." Looks in the mirror. And he's William Hartnell.
1: Oh, that's a bit um, quantum leapish, that. <laughs> yes.
2: So it never ends. Oh uh, no, it's time to. Is it time to? Time 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 exactly. time no, time no, that's time true. It's revisiting that. some of the
0: <laughs> some of the faces again, but just the favourites. Mm, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, so go back to. Well, be- <laughs> before <laughs> end, uh, our
1: listeners get depressed that we're thinking that uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come over. air, nobody <laughs> but, uh, is talking about that. If there is to be another showrunner after Series 9, and I'm not one of the ones that's unhappy with it, uh, the only thing is I would try and nudge it a little bit more away from fairy tales. That's the only discordant note I have with Dot Two at the moment. Uh, Love Jenna Coleman. I'm one of the ones that people that's just absolutely glad that Clara is here. Uh, I'll be glad that Clara is now... Hopefully, Audrey Clara along yes. for the ride. The Doctor. I mean, one of the greatest things about the Christmas episode, to me, was that final scene where, basically, as I said and I said earlier on, that you know the, the 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 naval gazing. Hopefully, is over, and the Doctor saying to this rejuvenated uh, Clara, you know, there's all this space and time out there, and. Um, they can go unencumbered out into the world and hopefully out into space, uh, different time zones, but worlds where there are other races on them. But um, if they could just get a little bit, doesn't have to be hard, hard science fiction, but just a little bit away from... uh, And that's another slip I'll make with uh, Lee being here, is uh, I kept calling that episode uh, Forest of Sherwood, Uh, Sherlock rather, rather than Sh- <laughs> Yes,
2: yeah.
1: I think I've done that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but well, I I always so, agree with you there.
2: The Robots of Sherlock, yeah.
0: Dave. You know, as, as far as the the fantasy fairy tale, th- there needs to be some balance there. I mean, not not to say they can't explore that from time to time, but it just seems to be, of late, too heavily weighted on on that aspect of of what the series yeah. is.
2: Did not dig the fairy tale. No, no, yeah. no, no. <sighs> Uh, hey, I wanted to share something that I saw uh, circulating on Facebook. Uh, you, you other guys may have seen this as well, but uh, I had not seen it before uh, an, uh, another fellow fan pointed it my way. But, and I don't know where this comes from, but it, it's just a, a screen grab of a comment that somebody made somewhere. But um, but this person was saying, Doctor Who is such a deceptive fandom like at first you just think there's seven seasons no big deal then there are two spin-offs and there's 700 episodes of classic who then there's the audio dramas and they have all the spin-offs of their own and there's books and don't forget the comics and well my friend if you think you know anything about doctor who you were wrong and the reply to this was doctor who fandom is bigger on the inside
1: <laughs> just like this podcast
2: it yeah, so that, that's why I thought I thought that was the great way to to log on well, with yeah, yeah I, I just thought that is actually a very elegant summary of mm-hmm. just just a, as 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 a fan perspective. Yeah, you you can you can take Doctor Who very superficially, but if you want to dig deeper, it just keeps going down and down and oh, down. Oh sure, and,
0: definitely. Yeah, we have that's all these people
2: the- who think that. Uh,
0: Yeah. I was just going to say that's one of the aspects that, you know, speaking about things that initially attracted me to the series was that it had a history that I didn't know, you know, where at that time, you know, I knew every Star Trek episode backwards and forwards. And, you know, here, you know, my introduction to Doctor Who was, you know, the the fifth Doctor, then he regenerated, I mean, the fourth Doctor, then he regenerated into the fifth Doctor. And I hadn't, you know, I knew about, you know, these other Doctors, you know, from reading, you know, Mm -hmm. that came before him, but... I hadn't seen anything from William Hartnell, too. You know, through through uh, John Pertwee, just wasn't available. It wasn't broadcast in the states at that time. So um, right. at, for me, all those were missing episodes. Even you know, even though they ex- some of them existed until I saw them. So it had this whole mystery. And and anytime there was a reference to something in the past, it just was like ooh, a morsel, a, like a little treat, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so th- that was always you know th- the fact that has a long history uh, um, speaks to itself you know and, and, and sometimes uh, sometimes the Doctor will refer, will refer to something and and maybe a new fan might think he's referring to something from a past adventure but like the terrible Zodin or whatever that, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that really wasn't in the series before but we assume it was you know he, um, I, I love when they include little references to stuff that wasn't even there but just gives it that history
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'm also finding now that I've got my own uh, missing episodes uh, conundrum because uh, up in my attic I've got loads of videotapes but no video machine to play them on. So I've got my own backlog of uh, missing episodes.
0: Yeah, well, that happens with with media, you know. I I have laser... Well, unfortunately, because of Sandy, my... uh, I, it destroyed my main LaserDisc player, which was they don't make LaserDisc players anymore. You know, unless you buy something used off of eBay. But I have an older one which um, I, I haven't used in decades. I have to find. I I don't know if it, it works or not, but I still have some LaserDiscs that survived Sandy. That you know that are just, I'm just keeping. You know because I, I invested money in them. And I have them. So, um, but it's, it's yes. Yeah, I've that got Star
1: Wars: The New Beginning on LaserDisc. Wow. Oh, whatever, man, yeah.
2: But, you know. guys, it's 2015. You remember in uh, Back to the Future 2, we saw that uh, when uh, the DeLorean lands out in the alley, that out there by the trash cans are heaps and mounds of laser discs. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, 2015 is apparently the year you're supposed to throw out your laser discs. <laughs> well, so. I,
0: I got them to throw them out. <laughs>
2: <I'm just>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe that we're in uh, the future now. I, um, yeah, we are. I don't, looking for that hoverboard, but... the. I, I, so just today, there was, I think, on Facebook, someone had, um, it might have been Perry, posted, I don't know, to Ian's page, a uh, a Back to the Future Delorean iPhone case of all things. So I reposted it. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> with yeah, the exactly. future is now. So I, I do <laughs> want to make a mention that that Kyle had got disconnected. If you're wondering why he's so quiet. Oh. His battery died on his phone. We should let our listeners oh, know geez. that he was calling in from a hotel, and because of the internet problems that he was having with hotel speed connection issues, he was uh, he he, recall, he he connected back to the to our call here via his phone using you know the LTE data service, whatever. So um, anyway, so he, he apologies there that he um, you know we, we lost Kyle in our call here. That's
2: right, he wanted us to mention that he is he is in a hotel, but he is not in the hotel from the God complex. So we may
3: be grateful, so
1: and he's not in room eleven he's not in room eleven of that
2: that awful place. <laughs> Anyway, so you said— So, uh, Lewis, I wanted to jump back a minute. You you were talking earlier about the the fact that you had been grabbed by the fact that Doctor Who was anti-authority. Do you think that's been true throughout the
0: series? Well, I think uh, it lost some of its— But initially, I mean, that's— I mean, that was an attractive element to to the series that he— You know, especially, you know, you you go back to, like, the John Pertwee era, uh, you know, and he's constantly, you know— uh, faced with military and 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 and, um, and people of authoritative nature, and he just can't deal with them. You know, <laughs> he just no, no. You know. But he yeah. needed
1: their equipment to amend his talis. That was why he he he, did, he agreed because he had the facilities yeah. of their uh, you know their lab. But that, That's yeah. He, so he was tolerates a, unit, it. Yeah, like, it was an uh, uneasy uh, alliance. Yeah. But um, he always riled against them, and uh, you know the. Oh, that's always the military answer, isn't it? You know, shoot it. Exactly, and and he's not going to go for that. And I, yeah,
2: I, I, I got to thinking about this again though when when Danny Pink said that he's an officer, that that's who he is. He's the one who gives the orders and lets other people die. And I thought, geez, has has has, I think that's true. Is.
1: Hmm, <laughs> that's yeah, fire, interesting. F- fire and ice, yeah. From uh, wow. was it the Poison Sky one where uh, Donna warns that uh, you know it, it's everybody around the Doctor that's pulled in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But
2: it, uh, that's not an intended effect. I don't think he means to for that to be what happened. He he still wants to oppose the authority that's going to. Hurt people, Mm but
1: uh, yeah. So Davros says, "I'd name you destroyer of worlds." Oh yeah, (laughs) Uh,
2: Davros. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we could do this all night, couldn't we? Yeah, uh, I I think uh, for our listeners'
1: sakes, we ought to.
0: Well, I I, I think on that note, we should invite our listeners to please send in your feedback and let us know what Doctor Who means to you. I mean, I'm sure we've missed stuff, too. I'm I'm sure after we finish recording this, we're going to kick ourselves and say, oh, I forgot to bring up this or I forgot to bring up that. And and another intrinsic part of Doctor Who that that we should have spoke about. Um, So I'm sure we're missing stuff but so please send us your feedback. You can call the, the doctor who public call box at two zero six, three, three, seven, four, six, nine, nine. And please, um, cause you may be listening to this in the future or in the past or <laughs> somewhere in between. Just go to our website, net, to make sure that's still the number. Cause the number does sometimes change. So, uh, currently it's two zero six, three, three, seven, four, six, nine, nine, 24, seven or 26, depending how many hours of the day that you have, who knows, uh, uh, call it, and it works just like voicemail, and just leave like a message um, about three minutes long or so. No, no longer than that, so we can keep it, you know, tight and, and included on the show. You could also record your feedback, you know, uh, on your smartphone or your computer. Uh, many smartphones have a voice memo feature, and you can then email it to feedback feedback at podchat so we want to hear what you have to say. Um, it's not just about us. Like I said, I think it's personal to everyone. Everyone's attracted to the show for maybe different reasons, or 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 maybe it, there are little bits of all these reasons. But there might be certain things that are weighted heavier than others. And so we we want your take on it, and and what might, um, you know, what, what what you might think of the series, and what you might think the future may hold for Doctor Who, and what intrinsic things that should remain in the series. in in the umbrella name of Doctor Who that, you know, must always be there.
1: Well, I ought to segue then to you by saying, does that mean there'll be no feedback this week and people should listen to a future one?
0: Yeah, um, again, um, we're going to forego feedback this week. Uh, I I think we have an an email out there that we're going to get to at at some point or another Uh, but even even when you send even if you send an email please try to keep it short so that we can um, you know or or break it up into parts and then send it in and we can you know tackle each part you know in an episode audio feedback is best Yes, since it is an audio show but we'll take whatever feedback we you know we'll take it all and we read it all
1: Yeah, after all, we can take it all. We've got a bigger in the inside podcast.
0: (laughs) Yes. Just a quick reminder, if you enjoy the show and you want to keep us going and uh, help keep the lights on and keep the podcast coming to you, you can become a Doctor Who Podshock supporting subscriber. To do so and to find out more information about it, go to our website, podshock.net, and you'll find a banner ad on the top there. You can click on that for more information. Uh, Alternatively, you can go to arttrap.com and find the same information there and join today, and it does help us a great deal. And we want to thank all our supporting subscribers. This show wouldn't be possible without you. Thank you. So um, I want to, uh, Kyle, like I said, got disconnected, but I do want to um, thank Kyle for, you know, for being here, even though, you know, we got he got disconnected. And, um, and Lee, uh, thank you once again for being on the show. Anything that you want to plug? Thank Lee? you, sir. Oh,
2: thank you. That's very generous. Yeah, if, if people want to go look at uh, the website herlock.us, H-E-R-L-O-C-K, Sherlock without the S, yeah, this is my web series that's going to launch in a couple of weeks. And, very exciting. you know, Sherlock Holmes, Doctor Who have a certain overlap there, oh, yes. thanks to um Mark Gatiss and uh, Stephen Moffat. So, um yeah. So, um yeah. Thanks very much.
0: Herlock.us. I, I think there's a lot of, you know, I have a friend who's a big Sherlock Holmes fan, and I'm going to tell him about your site. But it always he, it always amazed me that he's never got into Doctor Who. I just think he's never been exposed to it, and um, unfortunately, he's. Um, He's in Florida, so uh, it's not like I can just, uh, you know, invite him over and show him s- some stuff. But it's um, it's it's one of the if you're a Do- if you I think if you're a Doctor Who fan, you naturally have to go and watch, you know, expose yourself I, to Sherlock Holmes in some either I, reading or or watching or listening or whatever. Um, I, I think there's a lot there's there's a lot of parallels between Doctor Who and and Sherlock Holmes. Uh, there you know, are indeed, yeah.
2: Yeah, the doctor is a very Sherlockian character and and vice versa. So yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they can light like your Facebook page as well.
2: That's very true.
0: And Dave as always, you can find Dave on the Cultum Collective. Um it's not every Sunday now, but it's it's once once a month on Sundays. Um when is the next Cultum on the live show?
1: Well, we were actually going to do it the, the the last Sunday in every month, but because it's the Oscars this uh, Sunday and mm-hmm. after we would normally air, we've put it off till the first Sunday in March for this week. But we, you're quite right, while Doctor Who's off air, we're just going to monthly. But that means we can uh, concentrate on some studio interviews that we're hoping to get out. And they are also going to things other than Doctor Who. Our most recent episode out is... Um, uh, Better Call Saul commentary on the first episode uno of Better Call Saul which is a two-parter so there will be the uh, second commentary out hopefully in a week or so following that so cultum.com uh, are on Facebook find the Cultum uh, the Collective there and Cultum uh, on Twitter yeah,
0: very good Well, I think that's going to round up the the show. Um, Again, we want to hear from our listeners. um, And I think, um, and again, on on behalf of Kyle, uh, you know, he gives gives his regards as well. But um, thank you all for listening. And until next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. You have been listening to Dr. Who Podshock presented to you by the fan run Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC Dr. Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way Dr. Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com this has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the PodChalk Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts.
2: Something is consistent, so and this is why this show is over beloved by
3: And, cynicism. and if there is any hope for any of us in this giant explosion in which we inhabit, then surely that's it. Intellect and romance triumph over brute force and cynicism.
1: Right, Doctor? Absolutely.